0: money deals tribal knowledge resources training coaching partnering we are texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com my name is Shinoa grove welcome to the show and talk about the market update So at Texas Rias, you guys get to benefit from me being a geeky left brain, uh, dig into the numbers and dig into all of the uh, market reports that come out every single month. So I've got kind of a mixed report. So uh, I have uh, two of the major cities, uh, Houston and Dallas. But San Antonio and Austin and the full roll up for Texas has not yet been reported. So, uh, as we go through the presentation, you'll see when it's referencing September data and you'll see when it's referencing October data. So, um, if you guys are following us online, uh, every, you know, as soon as this data comes out, we're putting it in front of you guys just because we want you to know what's happening in the market. And we've kind of seen some very interesting things uh, throughout the market over the course of the last several months. And I, recently read an article about uh, some of those things. I'll share it with you as we go through, but I will tell you that this is the best year that we have ever had uh, here in Texas and, and in real estate. And it's been an absolutely beautiful uh, adventure to be able to watch it. And especially for uh, spending almost two decades investing, uh, watching many of the assets grow up in value and uh, really double, double in value and double in value. So how many of you guys own a little bit of rental property? Yes, how many of you guys have owned that rental property for more than five years? Yes, for more than 10 years. That's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? You see her, she's the one with the biggest smile on her face, right? Because that value has probably doubled at least once if not twice over the course of the last 10 years. Is that roughly correct? She's like, I don't wanna say because I don't want anybody to follow me to the parking lot. (laughs) She's like, I may not be smiling anymore then. So sir, are you with her? No. Would you like to be? <laughs> now that you know. No. Uh but but please uh, I want to do I do want to protect everyone's uh, safety and privacy. So um yeah. So, But this has been the best year ever, especially for those of you all who have been buying and holding and watching those property values uh, double and double. Uh, for me, we started buying and holding back in 2003. So it's a, uh, been been wonderful. But even just comparing 2021 to where we were in 2020, we're seeing uh, values up in some markets in up as much as 10% and other markets as much up in terms of price up somewhere between 20 and 25 percent so even if you've just hold, held on to that real estate for one year right you've seen that uh, magic happen and then when we talk about the best year ever we're also talking about the number of sales so the number of sales in many markets are going to be up somewhere between 10 to 15 percent uh including this uh including this market here so one of the reasons why we are seeing that the market go up so much is why 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 is our market going up so much in terms of value and in terms of sales supply and demand right it's the basic economics right when you have very low supply and you have a extremely high demand what naturally happens with prices they just naturally go up right so are we going to continue to see that for a while we're going to continue to see that for many 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 years and there are several uh, different reasons why In fact i've posted many of those uh, reasons on the slide here so i'll put it in uh full keynote uh, mode so you guys can see what's happening and, and 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 why this is happening and i'll just uh uh read through some of them as we go through so the uncertainty in the market uh certainly stopped a lot of the homeowners from putting their properties on the market right uh the uncertainty of the market how many of you guys did a home improvement project in the last 22 months Made your home more beautiful, right? Your home's your sanctuary. You're in it all the time, right? So, so you're doing things to make it uh, more beautiful, and you probably have refinanced your house maybe in the last year or two, right? Um, so that's been happening as well. And then you're, if you've thought about putting your property on the market, you may have said, well, gosh, I'm on Zoom meetings all day. Where am I going to go when I when I have a buyer that comes by, right? And am I going to have to hand sanitize the entire house? When that buyer does come by so some of the fear around that and some of the uncertainty there those low interest rates have obviously motivated buyers to get in the market those low interest rates have also caused owners to refinance so as soon as we got out of the shutdown i think everyone said "Hmm, i think now's a great time to buy a a house right so that's what we see saw a lot happen in 2020 it's continuing into 2021 and the last market cycle uh definitely changed how builders develop forever uh so what does that mean Does you know what's happening in terms of banking, when it comes to banking and um, lenders uh, giving builders loans on lots. There's a limit. There's a cap. Wouldn't you think that with all of the demand that we have, that, that builders would be building like crazy right now? Yes? There's a cap on actually how much they can borrow to even just get that lot loan now which is pressing the inventory down even further. So, um, you know, what's crazy about this is this is all a result of the 2008 financial crisis. So uh, right after that, uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Dodd-Frank came out about three, maybe four years after, uh, well, I think it actually came out in 2013, 2010. And some of the final, you know, they were still writing it for actually for a long time. Yeah, 3,200 pages that no one knows what it says. (laughs) But uh, uh, one of the, you know, it's so funny because it came out after what had happened. We kind of, no, we got this, we fixed ourselves, right? So whenever you hear, we're from the government and we're here to help, know that there's a problem. So they put some rules in place that are now limiting our ability to grow. And at some point they're gonna probably put some more rules in place and when the market's gonna probably figure it out all on its own. But it changed the way that my, uh, builders build, uh, develop forever. Uh, now, build, you're, not, you're seeing builders who are not even starting a construction until they have a property under contract with earnest money and two or three backup contracts on top of that, yes? How many of you guys are realtors who are going to look at new home communities and everything is sold? There's nothing even available. So we're also seeing labor shortages, immigration policies, border crossing insecurity, stopping would-be laborers, would-be contractors from coming here. Uh, We want to stop all the people who want to come in here to kill us, but we want to let in, open doors, everyone who wants to come in here and work their asses off for us. Uh, But but I think it's kind of hard for them to make that policy, even though we desperately need it now more than ever. And the other thing that we're seeing, and this is a little bit of a personal soapbox, and as a young woman, I was socially conditioned that you are going to go to college. Yes? How many of you guys were told you're going to go to college? Uh, Yeah, a, a lot of you guys, right? It's just what we're going to do. And how many of you guys were told, or I don't know if it was even said, like, you're not i don't want you to be a blue collar worker i don't want you to work with your hands i want you to work with your brain right so so what has that what has that philosophy called uh caused we have a shortage of electricians we have a shortage of plumbers we have a shortage of hvac techs we have a shortage of framers we have a shortage of insert item needed to build house here is that correct and here's what's so crazy is we're sending kids to college and they're getting how much debt? What's typical debt getting out of college right now? 50,000, 100,000, 150,000 after four years, right? And you're not making any income in those four years. But, and some people say 120,000. And then, but the people that we're sending to technical school, are they in technical school learning how to do HUAC and plumbing for four years? No, how long are they in there for? Maybe six months to a year. And then when they get out of, that technical school, how much are they making? In many cases, a lot more than people with a four-year college education, but without any of the debt. So what does that tell you guys? We're still socializing our kids to do this today, right? What does that tell you in terms of our ability to have um, um, contractors? Yeah, it's not going up, folks, right? It's not going up, folks, and it's not going to go up for a really long time because of that, until people start to see, wow, you can make 100 grand a year being a plumber? Yes, with only after one year in school? Yes. All right, well, maybe we should take a look at that instead of sending you to school and getting $100,000 worth of debt and having you get out and get a job that only makes you $50,000 a year after four years of not bringing in that income. So a little bit of a soapbox, but that's where we're at. Material shortage, uh, supply chain disruption. We're seeing that everywhere uh, from the grocery stores to the the Home Depots, right? And then prices have gone up for labor, materials, and land, which is uh, further increasing that shortage. City permitting and building codes make homes more expensive. Now, I know for uh, those of you who are here and watching who live in Houston, you're saying, city permitting, we don't have that issue. Because in Houston, Texas, you can put a pawn shop next to a daycare, next to a gun club, next to a strip club. Yes, yeah, all on the same block, right? So, so, uh, Houston's a little bit more liberal when it comes to that, but a lot of other cities around Texas have uh, much more extreme, uh, city permitting rules, uh, which are making houses more expensive as well. And then the Elon effect, uh, Elon puts on a cowboy hat, sits next to governor Greg Abbott and says, what I'm a Texan now. And then what happens after that? Everybody comes in and everybody was already coming in, but it got even uh, more severe. And then of course, how many of you guys who had a, your starter home kept it as a rental property or as an Airbnb? Any of you guys? Okay, a couple of you guys, yeah. Uh, so we're seeing people use that strategy as well to create additional streams streams of income right and because you've watched that property go up in value so much you want to continue to watch that beautiful thing happen and because you saved up enough money maybe doing the other things that you did that you didn't need to sell that house to get the down payment for the next house uh, institutional buyers, uh, are for the I buyers are looking for opportunities. The uh, eye buyers are looking for opportunities. Zillow is not anymore uh, as of about three uh, weeks ago, uh, but uh, Redfin and Open Door still are buying as well. And then many houses are still not going to foreclosure due to government policies. Right? We're from the government. We're here to help. So at the same time, they're saying, "Build more houses. We need more houses." These prices are going crazy. No, no, you y- you can't make a payment for two years. Okay, well, let's make it three, right? It's like, wait, what? This the right hand, left hand, not not on the same page. And then I know it feels like forever ago, but the uh, snowstorm, ice storm that we had, right? took a lot of properties off the market. Uh, it, it showed us that we also have a copper shortage and a plumber shortage. Uh, so there was, if there was ever a time to marry a plumber, it was, it was then, right? It's like you get the plumber in your house, you're like, you don't want them to leave and you wanna pass them on to your neighbor. But those are some of the reasons why our inventory is so low and all of those things, again, uh, the basic laws of economics and supply and demand is what's driving our average prices up so much. And as we look at the data, I'll tell you the average price last month for all of Texas, $370,000, which is up 20% versus what it was the same time last year. And the same time last year, was it up about 20% as well? The answer is yes. So for those of you guys who own properties, it's been a beautiful time over these last several months. Um, In Texas, overall sales were down last month, but they were only down 0.7% and we had such a boom at the end of last year just because when people got out of their houses after they were uh, out of quarantine, they all decided, hey, let's go buy let's go buy a house, and it's proven to be such an incredible investment. Uh, pending sales, which is our closest leading indicator of closed sales, was down two and a half, two and a half percent versus where it was the same time last year, but these numbers are still amazing. So what does that mean? The year-to-date numbers for Texas Uh, The year-to-date sales up 9% versus where they were last year, and the year-to-date average price up 20% versus where it was last year. And let's see here. Let's talk about Houston for a moment. Ah, uh, so uh um, houston has had actually one of the best years of all of the major markets around texas in terms of total sales so the total sales year to date up 13 percent, so higher than the rest of texas so houston is pulling up the curve which houston commonly does that does it not okay two people say yes I know the answer to that. Uh, average sales price, 378000 up 13% versus where it was last year. Sales last month, the month of October, uh, they were down 5%, uh, but we had an incredible October of 2021, so even being down 5%, it's still incredibly strong. Pending sales, um, our closest leading indicator of what closed sales will be next month, up 8%, so that means that as we finish out November, those numbers should be very strong as well. Um, year-to-date sales up 13%, year-to-date average price in Houston up 16%. In San Antonio, the uh, sales price, average sales price, 351000 up 15%. Closed sales uh, were flat at just over 3,600 sales. Uh, pending sales also flat, but their year-to-date numbers very strong, up 8% for total sales and up 16% for the average price in austin the average sales price was five hundred and sixty four thousand dollars you notice the other all the other cities including the roll-up for texas was in the 300s yes um so so this market has seen incredible uh, growth and austin has always been the most uh, expensive market in texas um overall uh i would say san antonio has always been the one of the most affordable markets in texas um parts of houston have a lot of affordability uh parts of Fort Worth, Tarrant County specifically, have a lot of uh, affordability, but Austin Austin is the most expensive, uh, followed by Dallas County after that. Uh, but the, pending, uh, the closed sales were down last month, 5%. Pending sales uh, were down 1%. But year to date, those numbers are up 6.4%, which is a normal uh, number for Austin, a normal number for most markets. So Houston's doing incredibly well um, at uh, surpassing all of those markets. The average price though, none of the markets are beating Austin right now. So the average price is up 32% year over year. And a lot of these houses are selling in the multi multi-million dollar range. For Dallas, that average price was 415,000 last month, a month of October, up 15% year over year. The closed sales were down. Dallas took the biggest hit, but Dallas also had one of the biggest run-ups last year as we were having uh, some of those uh, uh, the most, uh, up until 2021, the best market that we had ever had. Pending sales are down in Dallas, but again, even at uh, almost 11,000 sales, those are great numbers for Dallas and Fort Worth year-to-date sales in Dallas. Dallas is the only major metropolitan area where the year-to-date sales are down, but they're only down by 1% versus if you looked at 2020 versus 2019. And I don't have the number off the top of my head uh, and and I don't have it in this presentation, but I want to say that average price, I'm sorry, the total sales were up around uh, 10% or more. So again, that was a blowout year because normally sales are up in the range of three to 6% for uh, Dallas. So even being down after that blowout year was not something to be too worried about. Uh, year to date average price was up 21% uh, versus last year. So uh, those numbers are still strong. And I do wanna just do a recap of why those sales in some cases are down, just to give you guys some perspective. So it's not that the sky is falling, but it is that we are getting into more of a normal market cycle okay so when we see some of those numbers not being as strong as they were month over month Uh, I don't want any of you guys to work, I don't want any of you, especially my left-brainers, who are like, I thought now was finally my time. I thought I knew everything, right? But it's already over. Uh, No, it's not. We're still in for a very strong uh, finish to 2021 and also a very strong 2022 because our inventory is not getting bigger. Uh, it's, it's, It's bouncing around this one to two month range. Uh, which is which is about uh, 20% of what our normal range is, which is about a six-month supply of inventory. Right now, most of the markets in Texas are somewhere between one to 2 months supply of inventory, which means if we stopped listing properties today, we would be out completely out of an inventory of homes to sell in somewhere between one to two months, whereas normal historically over the last 40 years, that's been closer to about six months. So uh, those prices are going to continue to go up, continue to go up. And um, I've got a slide here that shows why some of the sales are down. And again, it's primarily because once we got out of lockdown in 2020, everyone said, hey, I think the next right decision is to buy a house. And uh, uh, those sales surged and now they're kind of more in a normal range. So guys, as we get ready to uh, transition, I wanna let you all know something that we've changed as part of the Real Estate Investor Association. So the way that we used to fulfill our membership into the association is that we would just ask you guys to come back and every month we'd give you about, you know, good information, right? We give you about three hours worth of information every single month. And then after about somewhere between a year to three years, you'd be ready to be a real estate investor, right? You finally have enough money to be a real estate investor. And over the course of the last two years, we realized how highly inefficient that was because most of you guys don't wanna be a real estate investor in a year or three years after you get all the information. Most of you guys wanna be a real estate investor today. In fact, now is good, right? So what we've done is we've compressed our membership into the RIA and your education as part of the Real Estate Investor Association into three days. So we're gonna download all that we've learned over the course of this last almost two decades in this time period. And what does that look like? So. Uh, we'll get together for three days. We're going to talk about some of the different strategies that you'll need to use to be successful. These are the strategies that we've been using for almost two decades. It's not going to be one strategy. I know many of you guys have come here with this idea of using one strategy. It's not going to be one strategy that's going to work in this part of the cycle or this part of the cycle or this part of the cycle. You've got to use different strategies in order to be able to not have to update your resume in order to not have to go back to work for anybody else so for when we first started investing in real estate we decided very early on that our entire goal is we want to make money we need to make money we need to solve problems every single time the phone rings and not one single strategy is going to do that for every single person that calls. So we want to meet that person where they are at, and that's why we share all of these different strategies. And we'll be sharing some of those strategies as part of the next presentation as well. We're also going to share with you some of the uh, ways to find off-market deals. So uh, uh, Brandon Adam, you said, you know, something about looking on the MLS. And I started to address that, and I got I went on a tangent. Sometimes I'm known as being tangentageous, and I forget what I'm saying. So I had a, I had a moment like that. But when I wanted to tell you about finding deals on the MLS, and you had said something about uh, the realtor in a wholesale transaction, okay, I will tell you that if you are trying to wholesale something off of the MLS, most of the time the realtors that are representing the sellers are going to say, "Get lost, buddy! Like we're looking, we're not, we're not looking to be part of a you know multi-chain transaction." We want to, to find a real cash buyer who's gonna close as quickly as possible, not someone who's gonna put it under contract and then hope that they can find a, another buyer to be able to buy it above what, it's, what you have it under contract for. And I'd also mentioned that on average, houses are selling at about 103% of their list price. So your ability to be able to put something under contract on the MLS and be able to resell it and make money is very, very tiny. So that's what I wanted to circle back um, to, to address that so uh how does that relate back to this and that is this we're going to talk about 65 different marketing strategies that will help you guys figure out how to find off-market deals your deals are not on the mls guys they're just not there's not there's hardly even any deals for regular people who want to buy on the mls let alone people who want to buy at a significant discount on the mls So we're gonna share with you some of those different marketing campaigns. We're also gonna share with you our closing scripts. So over the years, especially as being left brainers, we've documented not just one thing, but everything. And what does that look like? We've documented every single objection that we have ever gotten from a seller. And we've documented what we call the exactly what to say for the real estate investor to be able to overcome those objections, to be able to get it under contract and to be able to get it to the finish line. So that is something that's gonna give you an incredible amount of confidence, especially if you've never negotiated anything in your life. And we've taken some negotiating training with some of the best negotiators in the world and we're excited to be able to share that with you. You'll also get to partner with other local experts. So we'll bring in some longtime members of the association and then have access to unlimited funding and we're going to share that with you as we go part of this uh presentation as well. You guys can all get access to that by going to Texasstarterkit.com. And here at the RIA we have a free uh, uh Wi-Fi. Uh, So if you go to Texas RIAs guest, you can jump on that Wi-Fi to be able to access it. Uh, For those of you guys who are a little bit more savvy and you notice the QR code, you can also click on the QR code and it'll take you to TexasStarterKit.com. And I will tell you that um, as a result of what's been going on over the last two years, we have changed our pricing at Texas RIAs for our membership and for involvement and ability to come to this association. So for a very limited time, because at some point we feel like we're gonna be all getting back to full on normal, uh, but for a very limited time we're gonna do this for free. So uh, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, yeah. Um, Thank you. Uh, And then we've got some dates coming up. So we would love to see you guys at any of these upcoming meetings that we've got uh, in Houston, December 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, in Dallas, uh, next in for 2022, January 7, 8, and 9. And then we're doing an online event, uh, Texas-wide, uh, December 17, 18, and 19. And the way that we do our presentation is very similar to how we're doing it here. So we broadcast both live, so we'll have folks uh, meeting us live, as well as online. So you guys can join us either way. And if you'd like to uh, take part in this, you can uh, grab out your camera and uh, uh, zoom in on this and and a website will pop up on your browser and you can just click on that uh, website. Now I will tell you, we're gonna ask you a couple questions because we want to know where you are today in your current investing and we want to know where you plan on going in your investing. So one of the honors that I've been able to take part of as part of the Texas REAs is to help people develop their plan and to help people figure out how to get to where they wanna go and help them along their journey. And what we've done is we figured out a way to create what we call a blueprint for you guys. Uh, and, and so I can't sit with each and every single one of you, obviously, uh, but there are certain questions that we know that you guys need to have answered in order to create that blueprint. So through a little bit of technology we create a blueprint for you as you answer some of the questions that we have for you. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.